the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. So let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name Thank you. 
promises to forgive me. singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. James, James, John, the master asked you to come to him. Thank you, Matthew. Wonder what the master wants with us. Well, something special because he's calling us and only us. Yes. Yes, Master. We are going to Jerusalem. Well, we just came from there, from attending the Feast of Tabernacles. John. Go to the first village in Samaria and ask permission for us to remain there all night. Yes, Master. Immediately. But, Master, why ask? The Samaritans are obligated to thee. Thou hast done so much for them that they would be... John, the Master requested that we ask them for permission. Yes, Master. talked over your request and have arrived at a decision. Yes? As elders and rulers, we have a right to make that decision. Of course. If your master, Jesus of Nazareth, were to come here to help us, to help rebuild the temple and worship atop Mount Gerizim, we would gladly give him permission to come and remain as long as he desired. But he is on his way to Jerusalem to worship with the Jews. And you must certainly know how ardently we Samaritans hate the Jews. You refuse to let the master remain here one night, just one night? Most emphatically. Well, you may leave now at once. Exactly what did the master say when you told him that the Samaritans wouldn't even give him a night's lodging? Nothing. He... His eyes seemed to fill with tears of sorrow, that's all. Well, I was angry. 
I suggested to the master that we call fire down from heaven to consume the people as Elijah had done. And did the master respond to that? He rebuked me. By words? And a sad look. He said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. I've been listening and thinking, and I... I have come to the conclusion that we should try to prevent the Master from even going to Jerusalem. We all know how much Caiaphas and the others hate Jesus. They are positively hostile to the Master. He himself said so. He said that they would put him to death, kill him, remember? Now, why should he go to Jerusalem to certain death? Peter is right. All around are souls hungering for the bread of life. And everywhere are people badly in need of the Master's healing power. Why face death in Jerusalem when there's so many other places that would gladly welcome his presence? All this talk avails nothing. (laughs) Well, look who's talking. Seriously, John, and the rest of you, something unusual is about to happen. Always before, when we went to Jerusalem, the Master tried to keep it quiet. Not this time. He wants everyone to know that he's going there. Why? Because something is going to happen that he wants all Israel, yea, all the world, to witness and know about. But what? Is he perhaps going to be crowned king? Well, I hope so. I think so. Yet my heart tells me no. That he is going to suffer pain and shame, scorn and ridicule. The master suffer pain and shame? No, no. Now, just a moment. Meditate. Has not suffering, shame, even death been the theme of his words rather than a king's crown? He is here to save men from their sins. We have heard much about this. Not a word about saving Israel from Roman bondage. Yes. Yes. That's true. They arose from thence and came into the coast of Judea by the farther side of Jordan. And the people came unto him again, and as he went, he taught them. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, my people. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Sophie. 
This is Kim with my daily diary for health class, reporting what I did today to keep myself healthy. Today I ate an apple. Yes, yes, I know. Eating an apple each day doesn't make you healthy. But when I ate that apple, I didn't eat something that would make me unhealthy. I didn't eat candy. I didn't eat something with a lot of fat in it, like a piece of meat or foods made with a bunch of butter or oil. I didn't eat refined foods like white rice or white flour that don't have anything healing in them. So eating an apple is only part of the picture. What I didn't eat is just as important. I also ate a lot of fruits and vegetables. These foods have a ton of healing stuff in them, like vitamins, nutrients, and complex carbohydrates. I learned in class that complex carbohydrates, which are found in whole plant foods, are a lot healthier than simple carbohydrates, like those found in refined foods. So I eat mostly whole foods, like fruits and vegetables, not refined foods that come in cans or packages. How does this make me healthy? Well, many of my friends are kind of fat. Okay, they're very fat. Fat isn't healthy. But because I eat mostly whole foods, I'm not fat. Because I'm not giving my body anything to turn into fat, like all those calories or fatty foods. My body has the foods it needs to stay healthy and nothing more. So when you see me eating an apple, don't just say, hey, Kim is eating an apple. Instead say, hey, look, Kim isn't eating sugary candies or foods with a lot of fat in them. See what I mean? God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Light in a Cornfield by Rachel Whitaker Cabos. Susan Edson snuggled under a heavy quilt next to her younger sister, Belinda. Just think, tonight is the last night we'll sleep in this bed. I know, tomorrow we'll be in our heavenly mansion. I'm not going to sleep at all, 11-year-old Susan whispered. What if Jesus comes during the night? I don't want to miss anything. I won't sleep either, Belinda agreed. Poke me once in a while so I stay awake. But despite their resolutions, both girls dozed off. Susan woke with a start, wondering what time it was. The room was dark, but she could hear her father downstairs stoking the fire. Wake up, she hissed to Belinda. The girls threw off their covers and hurried downstairs. Their stepmother, Esther, looked up in surprise from the lamp she was lighting. What are you doing up? It's four o'clock in the morning. We don't want to miss Jesus coming, the sisters chorused. Behind them, 13-year-old George clumped down the stairs, rubbing the sleep from his eyes. Their father, Hiram, joined the circle. We'll all wait together, he smiled. I'm just as excited about seeing Jesus as you are. After sunrise on October 22, 1844, friends and neighbors joined the Edson family. Hiram had convinced many of them that the prophecies of Jesus' coming were about to be fulfilled. He had visited each of his neighbors one by one to share the truths he had learned. Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Hiram had read countless times from Daniel 8.14. Then he'd explained, using other prophecies in Daniel, that the 2,300 days represented 2,300 years, ending in 1844. The cleansing of the sanctuary refers to Jesus' return to cleanse the earth with fire, he had told his neighbors. Jesus is coming very soon. Hundreds in his town of Port Gibson, New York, had been moved by this message and had given their lives to Christ. Now the long-awaited day was here. Time flew by as the little group sang, prayed, and read the promises of Scripture. Today, we'll see Jesus and all his angels in clouds of glory, Hiram proclaimed. We'll live forever with him in the beautiful new Jerusalem. We'll meet Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And we'll see our mother again, Susan whispered to her sister. The girl's mother had died five years earlier. Mrs. Edson bounced baby Ophelia on her knee. Let's sing, watch ye saints, she suggested. Voices rang out in joyful anticipation. Lo, he comes. Jesus comes to reign victorious. The day wore on, but no clouds of angels split the sky. As darkness fell, the tension grew. Let's not grow weary in watching for our Lord, Hiram encouraged his friends. The children struggled to keep their eyes open while the hands of the clock crept toward midnight. Twelve somber bongs announced the bad news. The day was over, and Jesus hadn't appeared. The Edsons and their friends stared at one another in disbelief. Why didn't Jesus come back? Nine-year-old Belinda asked, her eyes brimming with tears. I don't know, dear, Mrs. Edson quavered, pulling the girl into her arms. We were so sure of the prophecies, their friend Owen Crozier burst out. We've spent years telling everyone that Jesus was coming. Was it all a lie, a deception? Hiram sank into a chair, his face in his hands. I don't know. I just don't know. His body shook with sobs and cries of grief, as if he'd just lost every friend on earth. Soon, everyone was crying, even George, despite his best efforts to hold back the tears. It was the worst day of his life, worse than the day his mother had died. At least then, he'd had the hope of seeing her in heaven. 
Maybe Jesus isn't coming back at all, ever, he thought. Maybe it's all a made-up story. No one slept much that night. They were too busy crying and asking, where did we go wrong? As the sun rose on October 23, Hiram gathered the downcast believers in the sitting room. These past few months, as we've waited for Jesus, have been the best time in all my Christian experience, he said. We've seen God work miracles. The sick have been healed. Hardened hearts have turned to Christ. God has led us time after time. I believe the Lord must have some light and help for us even now. Heads nodded and sad faces looked a little less gloomy. Mr. Crozier spoke up. We should pray earnestly and ask God to show us the meaning of this disappointment. Hiram and several other men agreed. Let's go to the barn, Hiram suggested, leading the way. In a small room smelling of wheat and corn, they shut the doors, knelt on the rough wooden floor, and pleaded with God for understanding. As they prayed, a strong sense of God's presence comforted them. God assured me that he has heard our prayers and will make everything clear to us, Hiram told the others. Disappointment hung heavy over the breakfast table that morning. We're supposed to be eating from the tree of life right now, George couldn't help thinking. But his father was in better spirits. Let's go visit some of the other believers, he suggested to Mr. Crozier after the meal. I'm sure they'll need encouragement. The two men donned their coats and headed out across the fields, hoping they wouldn't meet any of their skeptical neighbors. Shriveled cornstalks rustled in the breeze. Hiram hadn't bothered to harvest the last of the crop, thinking there would be no use for it. Lost in thought, Mr. Crozier strode on ahead. Suddenly, a bright light shone around Hiram. He seemed to be looking right into heaven. Jesus, clothed in his high priestly robes, lifted a curtain and walked into the inner room of the heavenly sanctuary to stand before the Ark of the Covenant. Hiram heard a voice quote Revelation 11:19, And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the Ark of his Testament. The vivid experience ended in a moment, leaving Hiram speechless with amazement. He'd read that verse countless times, but somehow he'd never considered the possibility that the sanctuary to be cleansed at the end of the 2,300 years was in heaven, not on earth. Just then, Mr. Crozier looked back. Why are you stopping so long? he shouted. God is answering our prayer, Hiram called excitedly. He's giving us light to explain our disappointment. The two men made a short visit and hurried home to tell the others of Hiram's new insight. We already knew that Daniel's time prophecy ended on October 22, the Jewish Day of Atonement, Mr. Crozier began. That was the one day of the year when the high priest went into the most holy place to cleanse the earthly sanctuary from sin. For the Jews, it was a solemn day of judgment. We thought Jesus was coming out of the most holy place on October 22 and returning to cleanse the earth, Hiram continued, but instead it seems that Jesus entered the most holy place to begin a heavenly time of judgment. George looked confused. So if yesterday was the day of judgment, is Jesus coming back today? Hiram shook his head. I don't think so. We don't know how long the judgment will take. We need to study this a lot more from scripture to understand it fully. George, Susan, and Belinda still had plenty of questions, but they went to bed that night feeling much more hopeful. Maybe Jesus hasn't forgotten us after all, Belinda whispered to her sister. I'm sure he hasn't. I'm going to stay ready no matter how long we have to wait, Susan promised. In his room, George stared up at the dark ceiling with a silent prayer. God, I don't understand everything yet. 
but I'm going to keep trusting you anyway. Help me to stay faithful until you come. A few moments later, the exhausted boy was sound asleep. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Let the children come, don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes, hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.